Oh, I should probably uh, remove you from my favorites. <laughs> Uh, that's fair. Well, well, not. <laughs> oh, jeez, that came out definitely. You're not my favorite either, although. Oh boy. <laughs> well, now, now I hurt myself. <laughs> Aldo and Steven learned tonight that they are colleagues, but not friends. Oh no. <laughs> oh, is this the difference between a friend and an acquaintance? <laughs> no, it's just when I was when I was living in Portland. Um, I had my do not disturb with no exceptions. Uh, cause like, what's the point? It's like, if somebody calls me at two in the morning, it's like, there's an emergency. I'm like, cool. I'll be there in 14 hours, I guess. When I, <laughs> but now that I'm here and the reason I've moved back. So I've, I've put like exceptions on it, but it doesn't let me do like a custom list or anything. It's just like all your favorites or nobody. Um, oh boy. so I've had to like remove people from my favorites because i've had i've had one or two people call me at like two in the morning for no good reason <laughs> if it helps aldo i have lived in a different time zone from my mother since 2006 and before i mean well really since 2004 like you know it was it was russia then it was england then it was you know like they were in uh, all over the place and, and she still will send me crap at 6 a.m my time <laughs> And be like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, good gracious, leave me alone. <laughs> one time in college, one time in college, she called me at like, uh, like the, the butt crack of dawn, <laughs> like the, 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 the hairy crack of dawn buttocks. <laughs> and, and she was like, I'm going to get your plane tickets right now. You have to tell me when you're free and available. And I was like, I don't know where I am. I was just having a dream. I was putting... <laughs> What's the thing? Like I was putting together a canoe with my old landlord, and then you called me. What? <laughs> I was in the middle John, of a dream. John, and... would, you, would you say she called you in the paranoia of night? Now, see, that's too strike. I, I, I... Is that is that is that too far a callback? Yeah, because okay. I don't know what you're talking about, and I'm still mad about oh, this thing that happened oh, in 2006. Oh, oh. So, <laughs> I figured there was that one time that we joked about paranoia sounding kind of like the word perineum. And the well, taint what I taint what I heard anyway. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we oh, go. Gosh. There we go. Oh goodness! I feel accomplished. <sighs> oh, that was oh oh dear. Oh, I mean, me. let's let's be let's let's be frank. Okay, but uh, I'm gonna be John. You can be whoever okay. you want. Thank you. Thank you for picking up on that. Oh uh, <laughs> gosh. Garth, I want to be Frank. Okay, can I still be Garth? I was gonna say, let's be frank. That's not that that's not the grossest thing we're gonna talk about today. True. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a Halloween time, and you know what that means. Our third annual Marvel Zombies reading. Our worst tradition. Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we could find worse ones if we thought about it. No, 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 no. Let's not bet. Let's not bring it back to <laughs> thinking. No, 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 no. Welcome to the Spooky Human Registration Podcast. Ooh. We are Spooky. going to be putting this episode out. Right after Halloween, but just because the holiday has lapsed doesn't mean that we can't still celebrate it. There's scary things happening the first week of November. Ooh. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't want to think about that. It's just like the 70s told me. Uh, celebrate good times. Come on. Yes, that famous band, the 70s? Yeah, the 70s. <sighs> <laughs> that's, that's cool in the gang, right? Yeah, uh, pro- I didn't okay. want to say because I didn't want to be wrong. Well, I was willing to take that risk, and it paid off. <laughs> really? Hey, it did. 
Demonstrably so. So I'm Steven, and John and Aldo are here with me, and we are here to talk about some scary comics. Spoopy. 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 Spoopalicious. Um, so where do we want to start? We've got we've got the Spirits of Vengeance, and we've got Marvel Zombies 3. I, I, I think we should start with Marvel Zombies. Yeah, that's kind of... Let's not bury the lead. That's why we're all here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called Marvel Zombies 3. Get through this thing called Afterlife? We're not going to be like BuzzFeed and do a clickbait and be like, you'll never guess what happened next. And then you have to listen to like an hour of the podcast before we talk about the Marvel Zombies thing. Or or any <laughs> recipe blog in the world. There's a special place in hell for people who bury the lead. I'm, oh. I'm not kidding. I'm going to go find all these people who made these delicious recipes. I'm going to beat them with their wooden spoons. And, and tell them, like, I don't care about how nice Pappy's house smelled around the holiday. You tell me how to make your friggin' crumb cake or I'll kill you. I love it. It's like, it's like the best the best apple pie. In the first paragraph. And there's eight ads. There's eight ads? Go screw yourself. My favorite. Oh, oh and you scroll and the whole thing covers the screen. It's like, I'm just trying. Oh, and the reader mode doesn't work? Oh, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. I just want a recipe list. My favorite is when there is, is when it has that button that's like go to the next slide. So oh, then you're like so oh. you're going through multiple pages, but they're tricking you because you just scroll past the button. The whole thing is there on one page. And the ads that are like that have, have buttons that make it look like you're going to the next oh. page, and you're like, I just want to see the thing I want to see. Oh wait, this isn't. I don't want a Toyota. I don't want a Dodge Ram. <laughs> I'll kill you. Oh. And then you get to like the fourth page and it has that full page like ad that's like, hey, thanks for supporting us. But you know what? Oh! Us Your credit card. And you're like, no, I just want to read this for free. I don't want to pay for this because obviously you guys bury the lead and I don't want to do this. I'm going to bury the I'm going to bury the past. At Rhubarb Rhapsody, we put our ingredient <laughs> recipe, our ing- recipe list on the fourth page, buried beneath ten uh, ad blocks and several ads that start playing audio. So you're like, huh, where in the world is that commercial coming from for Tide? I don't need Tide. Where is it coming from? You close all your windows and then you lose the friggin' recipe that you wanted. R- hey, Rhubarb Rhapsody. This is the real horror. Straight to hell. Right down the elevator, right to the bottom, right next to uh, 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 Satan's paranoium, whatever. <laughs> right this under the tail. Right under the tail. Oh, no. I cook. And I'm. I, and you know how I learn how to cook? From the internet. From YouTube. YouTube, at least, like, you can click on the comments and some saint of a person, someone who's going straight to heaven, do not pass go, do not collect $200, right up, right on the, right on God's ottoman, they get that spot because they put the ingre- the, the ingredients, they listen to it several times through, and they're like, he said teaspoon, he meant tablespoon, bless that person, but back on the friggin' like, my whole life story before I give you any relevant information, after this clip baby picture of this delicious crumble that you really want to make but oh you have to go through the ad jungle to get to oh straight to hell Ooh, and don't forget right john down. like eight times out of ten that recipe video is sponsored by raycons the industry standard ah, <laughs> if i have to hear one more wireless. Ad, oh, one more one more oh if i hear root hey we're root oh oh i'm gonna find that voiceover guy and be like hey you're dead ha 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 so speaking of burying the lead, 
Isn't it time to talk about a podcast? I didn't realize I had this. I didn't realize I had this trigger. I didn't think that this was this. I didn't realize that I was the bear that could get poked this way. But yet here we are. (laughs) I'm just so mad. But I can't, I can't like lash out at the things that matter. And so some poor person who's taken the time to teach themselves web design and is trying to make some scratch on the side and they bought an ice (laughs) camera and they dusted out Grammy's old recipes and they put them up and they're doing their best just like every other turd bucket on the internet. They're the ones that I'm lashing out against. Hey, Aldo. Yeah. Take it away. I feel like every time you host this, you're like Francis Ford Coppola going through like your own apocalypse now every time. (laughs) Anyways, uh, so talking about movies, we're going to talk about a book that is uh, that's pretty much uh, it's just kind of movie lines. The the book. Uh, I wasn't super fond. Anyway, so we're talking about Marvel Zombies 3. Marvel Zombies 3 picks up in an alternate universe uh, that is not really specified what that universe is. Uh, there's not like, there's some hints, obviously, to like the differences between like this universe and like the main, uh, not the main line, but like the main Marvel Zombies universe, which is, which up to a point was a copy of the six one six. Well, they, the, it is the six one six. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. Marvel Zombies was not the six one six, obviously, but the one that this is the six one six. I thought this was it, the 616. I thought this was a different Turns one. Turns out, it is. I didn't Ooh. think so either. And then I read about it, and it is. But that's not important at the moment. Go on. Sorry. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Surprise. Okay. Oh, hey, what do you know? I just looked it up on the Marvel Zombies fandom wiki, and it is. You are correct. Wow. I don't know how <laughs> I, I feel I didn't this. think so either. And it was I like, did oh, not. okay. All right. Because, like... Armor wasn't familiar to me. I was like, oh, this is like their version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Yeah, same. Nope. Yep. Uh, anyway, so we're in our Marvel 616 universe. And uh, they send in a group of... Uh, I don't want to be rude. They send in... They're C-listers, right? They gotta be. Yeah. I I think C-listers is even generous. Okay, yeah. So so they're saying like a bunch of C-listers. There's like a... What's her name? Like Jennifer Kale... Uh, oh, here, I found the list. It's Siege, Jennifer Kale, Wundar, and the Conquistador, which yeah. I have thoughts about the Conquistador. I'll bet. <laughs> I have thoughts about Captain Mexica, too. Uh, <laughs> so I'll get to those when we get there. Uh, so so they go check out this thing at, in, like, Florida, because they get, they're getting some weird reports, uh, and there's like, like a zombies there. There's a zombie Deadpool is there. Uh, the team barely, the, the team doesn't make it out alive. I think it's implied that um, was it Z- Wondar, the magic dude, uh-huh. uh huh, goes into like hibernation to purge himself of the, of the, of the zombie virus. So I think it's implied that he survives. So we don't see him ever again. Anyway, so we cut to armor, and. The secret facility that's like, <laughs> I love the way they describe it, that it's so secret it makes S.W.O.R.D. look like S.H.I.E.L.D. and makes S.H.I.E.L.D. look like the U.S.P.S. <laughs> Which, it's stupid. It's this movie, this, this <laughs> book is so full of like one-liners that are so, <sighs> they're bad. It feels like a, <laughs> this is like the first book that actually feels like a legitimate like B-movie. 
and not like in a complimentary way. If the first two books felt like a B movie, it's like in the good way. This one is not. Um, so so anyway, so they're inviting uh, the machine man to help them out on a mission because Morpheus has a few. Morbius. Zo- Morbius. <laughs> Jeez, man. Let's see the movie. He's references. a vampire. He's not a hacker. <laughs> Uh yeah, Morbius, the living vampire, is can't can't quite come up with a vaccine, uh because he doesn't have like live samples with the virus, because the samples he have he has are unalive, they're undead, alive people, so that's not stable for him. That is his excuse. So they need to send non-organic people to those Marvel Zombies universe. So through some finagling, they get Machine Man to agree to go. Because he's going to go with his girlfriend, Jocasta. Uh, who I think is like a daughter of Ultron or some yeah, BS she's an like Ultron. that. Yeah, kind of like Vision, but kind of not. Anyways. Yeah. It's it's Marvel. It's complicated. Everything is. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? So they, go, so they go to the Marvel Zombies universe. And this picks up, you know, quite a while after 1 and 2. They tell us that it's been some time since the cosmic zombies have left off to wander the universe. So, Armor and Jocasta kind of fight some of the some of the zombies, and they find like this uh, like society that Kingpin has kind of built. Zombie Kingpin has built, uh, and people trade in. Oh, what are they trading in? Actually, I can't remember. Just like cans of dog food. Yeah. Yeah. Pet food, cat food. Yeah. Yeah, like that type of stuff. And uh, and depending on what they trade in, they get time in the pen. And they have just a bunch of clones in this pen that they can just eat of. So uh, Machine Man kind of disgusted at this because they're treating the clones like robots. Who had, He has a lot of issues. He has a lot of baggage about being treated like a robot. Uh, and like serving his masters and his masters never truly appreciating him so he built himself in their image meaning he's also selfish so he's selfish now and Jocasta's not very kosher with that she wants him to be a better machine man than he is better than the rest <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> I got that one Anyway, so Jocasta and, Mar- and Mar- Machine Man. I, w- I keep wanting to call him Marvel Man, and I don't know why. I think call it's Inspector just... Gadget. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. <laughs> this, is, this is the coolest version of Inspector Gadget that you're ever going to see, in my opinion. Go on, sorry. No, no, you're fine. So so they go into the into the pen. Jocasta ex- escapes with, the, with the, the blood sample that they need because they find Kingpin's still-alive wife. Not zombified. And I'm guessing that's what the dog food is for mostly is to make sure she has she has food. Ugh. Maybe. And to probably feed the clones so they have I don't know, clones that aren't decrepit and whatever. So so they get a blood sample from her. They go back. Oh she goes back. Machine Man stays back to uh to you know kinda of go on a zombie killing rampage. He tricks, they think they they destroyed Machine Man. He tricks them using like a hologram. And he learns that they're, that they have sent in an agent through a conversation with Kingpin and uh, Black Bolt. He figures out that they've sent somebody in. Uh, when Kingpin captures him, 
he monologues and essentially tells them that like so we sent a dude in there because Doctor Strange is uh is essentially kind of brain dead and he can only do two spells, one that summons mana from the sky <laughs> that they don't like to eat, <laughs> and he lets them see into other dimensions, which is how they know of the six one six universe, and they know of this thing called the Hollow, which is in Florida, which is like a convergence point between dimensions, so it's super easy to like dimension hop on the Hollow. And so they reveal that apart from Deadpool, they also sent in their zombie Morph, uh, Morbius, who has been pretending to be not zombie Morbius and keeping the original one alive. And because they never, I don't think they ever really explained wh why he's a special zombie. I think it has to do something with, I don't know. But point is, like, he's keeping him alive. I, I, he, I'll look for that. I think there's, there's something. I think, I think It's because he's a vampire. Yeah, no, but he, said, undead, but he says, so. like, the virus affects him differently, and I don't know how how it affects it's him differently. It's because he's a vampire. Like, that's all you need. Yeah, it's, but what is the benefit? No, no, but what is the benefit? Like, that's the implication. It makes him a zombie and a vampire. Oh, he's just, a bambi. Steven, don't. He is that's a bambi. I love it. The one thing I don't want it to be that simple, and it is. <laughs> it is. It is. You don't need to. It, it's comics. But that's exactly why it should be overly complicated, Steven. <laughs> Forget it, Aldo. It's Marvel Zombies. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so so Jocasta gets back. Uh, they come, They find out that Morbius is the zombie. He starts turning people. Among this uh, rampage, they free some of the zombies that they have captured that have wandered through the hollow. Included amongst them, Captain Mexico. Which, not yet. So, <laughs> so they, yeah, they... <laughs> The people are trying to survive. Jocasta's has she's dealing with some like thoughts. It, I think it's implied that the that the wasp that's been torturing her has also been like the like a real zombie wasp, but I don't think it is. But she squashes her. So I don't know. I'm confused, but it doesn't matter. <sighs> Man, this book. Uh, Marvel Man comes back. He he grabbed. You mean Machine Man? Oh jeez, Machine Man comes back. He's better than the rest. <laughs> Look at his eyes. They go from green to red. Yeah, by using Lockjaw to teleport. They don't really explain that, but you know what? It's Marvel Zombies. It doesn't matter. He uses, <laughs> he uses Lockjaw to get back to his to his uh, home dimension and goes on to defeat kind of everybody, all the zombies. Uh, he fights uh, Morbius, and then more like the real Morbius stands up, uh, <laughs> and he defeats the zombie. The 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 vampy, oh, it's such a stupid name. Vampy Morbius. <laughs> he stakes him, and the Machine Man is like, "Wow, you staked your uh, your own zombie self. That's gotta." You're going to be in therapy for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. Uh I hate this book. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know everything kind of works out. Mar Machine Man. And Jocasta make out, and it's implied they're gonna get some hot robot on robot action later. Jocasta makes a joke. I guess that's what qualifies as character development in this book. <laughs> and it's uh, I don't know. They they think they're gonna grab a bunch of other C listers to go into the Marvel Zombies universe for the next book. It kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Midnight Suns. Yeah, they're gonna the grab the Midnight Suns. Because that's what they need, apart from being thrown in obscurity, 
dragged through the mud in a Marvel Zombies book. Yep. Anyways, so that's that's that. That was Marvel <laughs> Zombies three. This is the uh, one that defeated me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you want to hear something crazy? I what? didn't hate it. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Hey John, I didn't hate it either. Yeah. Yeah. This is like my favorite of them so far. I think. Yeah, mine too. Because I hated the first two a lot. And this one, it was know. real. It was straightforward. Send robots to fight zombies. Ro- robots beat zombies. Uh, end of story. Like nothing to it. And uh, I thought I grew up watching uh, Inspector Gadget, and I thought Machine Man was way cooler. And so I was like, Yeah, all right. He can just telescope his arms, and every finger is a weapon. And okay. So. I think for me, it's just I kind of preferred like the actual like slightly more serious horror aspect of the of the first two which were written by robert Kirkman. oh yeah i didn't mention the the creative team uh mm-hmm. the, yeah. the original the first two marvel zombies were done by robert Kirkman and sean phillips on art or pencils i guess marvel zombies 3 is fred van lenty which we've read stuff from 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 him and you sure have kev walker on pencils and I think inks. Um, unlike Steven, I am a Neanderthal and I don't write down who wrote or who did the lettering or colors or inks. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Fred Van Lenty. I just remembered where he is on our list. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at, I'm looking at him on our list. <laughs> Hercules, Love and War, but the first one I saw was Eminem and Punisher. The first one I saw was X-Men Noir. Fred Van Linty is a writer who I feel like I like, but every time we've revisited something of his that I've read before, I've been like, maybe I don't like Fred yeah. Van Linty. Again, though, like, like John, I didn't really hate this book. I thought yeah. it was fine. Yeah. For, for a book about zombies, this was goofier than I wanted it to be. And you think, I, I think that's exactly what I wanted. Like, I want this series to be goofy. Because the the really gross zombie violence is the thing that I've complained about the past two years that we've done these books. Yeah. Um, but there is also a tradition of camp horror, right? And that involves a lot of silliness. That's, you know... Uh, Army of Darkness, Shaun of the Dead, that sort of thing. And Evil Dead. I prefer that sort of zombie, I think, to the ultra serious. And well, I, Marvel Zombies wasn't ultra serious. Like, you have really gross stuff like Bruce Banner changing back from the Hulk. The Hulk ate something massive, and then Bruce Banner shrinks, and he's like, oh, I've got zombie in my belly, and it doesn't fit anymore. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know. I think it's just like the amount of can. And it's probably because. I imagine maybe some people felt like this because I love I love the Evil Dead too. It's it's probably my favorite horror movie. Uh, probably second to Cabin in the Woods. I'm not a big horror guy. That should tell you mm. like a lot. Uh-huh. And I imagine this might be how some people felt when they watched Evil Dead, and then they went to watch Evil Dead too. Yeah, where Possibly. one one took itself seriously but was camp because it wasn't high quality so they leaned into that for the second one is that how that worked yeah a little bit so so that's how i feel about this i feel like i was expecting more marvel zombies kirkman stuff and this kind of took a bit of a swerve in tone 
which I don't think I was totally in the mindset or ready for. I think if I had read Marvel Zombies 3 on its own without the context of the first two, I wouldn't dislike it as much as I do. But I think as part of the set, I'm not happy. Hmm. I could okay, okay. Um, I saw it as less horrifying, awful zombie crap and more <laughs> of a straightforward... Because like, the other one, it was like, we're going to show you a zombie version of all your favorite characters. And this one is more like, hey, there's a zombie problem. Let's send in robots to fight it. And then and any, you know, it wasn't as much like... Like, yes, with Wilson Fisk, yes, with Black Bolt. It was like, look at your favorite characters, but with zombie faces. Ah... It was less about that and more about, like, here's what's going on. Here's this thing that's happening. We're not going to just, like, you know, do a slideshow of all of your favorite, you know, characters, but with, with you know, show off, like, oh, what would they look like if they were a zombie? Like, we know you want to see Wolverine zombie. Ah. Um, so I, I preferred that. And, I mean, yes, horrible, horrible, horrible panel of Wilson Fisk. Um, eating uh, Vanessa is that his wife's uh, name? It ends, yeah. It ends yeah. on like a punchline oh, and awful, it's, awful. It's yeah. It's you Ugh. know they're they're like oh no we've they've decimated us or whatever blah blah blah, and yeah. then it's then they turn to look at Wilson Fisk and he's eating his his wife and he's like I get hungry when I get stressed out and it's like, ugh. Ugh. ugh yeah. I will say that the one joke that made me genuinely laugh. And it was kind of, it was almost like a hearty laugh. It was passive. It was a laugh. It wasn't a chortle. It wasn't a chuckle. It wasn't a giggle. It was a real laugh. Is, a chort- is chortle a pork- uh, Pokemon? <laughs> so no, it's chortle. <laughs> You're almost chortle, there. Chortle. <laughs> chortle. Yeah, but it's the part where, where Wilson Fisk is talking about how Machine Man is going to destroy them. And Black Bolt starts talking about how he would prefer death. Because because even even as the king of whatever of you know the the inhumans living on the blue side of the moon, he remembers a once great nation that's been devoured by this hunger, and even he can't hold back the hunger and doesn't know when he'll revert. He feels in every living cell of his body and like blah 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 blah. And Wilson Fisk is like, Black Bolt, I appreciate that the zombie virus is like killed your vocal cords and now allows you to talk. But please shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Like, so a lot of the stuff that was in this, like, appealed to me, I think because of how um, fun it was. It wasn't embarrassed to be a zombie book. It wasn't like, oh, this is genre fiction that you have to take seriously. This It, it was, yeah. let's have a good time. If you were to, like... This is Marvel Zombies, the video game, the comic. It's like, let's just have fun with the premise. And that doesn't mean you make high art. And there is a bunch of stuff in this that I thought was super cringy. All of the Wasp stuff with Jocasta. uh, A lot of the interactions between Machine Man and Jocasta. uh, Scarlet Witch telling the Vision, not now, I have a headache. Ugh. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, really, a lot of the humor didn't really land for me. I think it's a lot of a lot of like the sexual humor is specifically bad in here. Not not that yeah. not that sexual humor is bad. I'm just saying the quality of the sexual humor. It felt it felt like forced. It felt like well, we're in this moment. We got to make one of these jokes. I mean, we're also talking about the guy that made that that really thirsty Hercules book. 
So thirsty. So much so thirsty. So thirsty. Like the Sahara. For, for for a book for a book about Hercules being in the ocean, he sure was thirsty. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Thank you. I've been keeping that one in the holster for a while. Yeah, you could have pulled it out when we actually were talking about the Hercules story, but whatever. No, Stephen, um, I hadn't thought of it then. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, like, I again, I, I don't think I hated it. I thought it was an interesting way to, like, take this corner of the Marvel Universe that had been really popular and continued, and maybe even continues to be really popular, and just show the sorts of different directions you could go with it. Because now it's, like, it's not just trapped on this one dead world. They, they've taken it into the multiverse now. Yeah. And that gives it the opportunity to start dabbling in some things that are really fun. Like this group that they get together at the end of issue four or five or however many issues there were. Uh, four. Yeah. Yeah. To go and track down the zombies elsewhere. Like it's a fun little team of like nobody characters. You've got Damon Hellstrom, who we read about in our other story. There's the man thing, which. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, that name alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that name alone. Um, what hasn't I've, been said about the man thing by now? Gosh, there's. I, I actually just recently restarted listening to Jay and Miles explain the X-Men, and there's a very early episode where they bring up the man thing, and they make so many jokes. I can't... Is it one of the cold open? No, it's not a cold open. It's just like they mention the man thing, and then <laughs> for like five minutes, it's just non-stop man thing jokes and, uh, anatomical in nature i'm guessing oh you bet <laughs> <laughs> oh but anyway it's like this is a fun little group of like weird c-list marvel characters that have the potential to be a lot of fun and so it's oh, like they killed ponce de leon so what are they going to do next oh gosh <laughs> I am uh, I am curious to hear what Aldo had to say about those characters. Um, one, I feel uh, this is probably me just being overly sensitive as a Hispanic person who has recently come to terms with uh, a little bit of the history of his people. Uh, it feels a little bit of relic of its time to uh, kind of glorify a Spanish conquistador looking for the city of gold and finding the water, the you know water of infinite life type thing. Um. You know, so I'm not I'm not super cool with that, but that might just That's be me. Actually, a very good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, I feel like, listen, I like the concept of Captain Mexica, who is from the Marvel Zombies universe, and it's kind of implied or or a different timeline. I don't know. I don't, I don't give a crap. It's Marvel Zombies. He, he uh, <laughs> if if the Aztec Empire survived, that's what it says. Yeah. It's uh, according to the wiki. I don't know where the wiki even gets this information from. But he's a Captain America from, like, a timeline where Mexico was never conquered by the Spanish. So he kind of, they got to develop, the Aztecs got to develop and such into modern society. Which is weird because he has, like, some Aztec symbols and he speaks in hieroglyphics, but the, but his costume is still has, like, red and white stripes. Like, it's the stars and stripes, which is weird to me. Where it was just like, quick! Replace the stars with, you know, uh, Aztec stuff. Why does he still look like Captain America if it's an alternate version, you know? Yeah, and so, like, he has, like, the, uh, he has, like, the Captain America shield, which has the Captain America colors on it, 
but it has like the Aztec calendar like engravings on it. Yeah. But that, I I think I mean, take it apart the. You know, taken separately from like the color scheme and whatever, I think it's implied that he has green on his where the blue should be. But not really, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But I, I think the part that I find just a little egregious, just like a little bit more thought. They were they were there with a shield. They were 90% away there with the shield. But they gave him a cactus as his like symbol. Like, yeah. on his little headband, he has a cactus. On his chest, he has a little cactus. And it's like, you couldn't have, like, picked an eagle. Like, you couldn't yeah. have picked, like, anything else that's a little, like, more, like, Hispanic and a little less racist. Well, isn't, I mean, isn't the eagle on the cactus? Isn't that on the flag? It's on a different type of cactus, but yes. Ah, uh, okay. It's okay. on a type of, it's on a nopal. I mean, no, I'm. it is wrong. I'm just saying, like, you know, cactus at least was in the ballpark even though it was, you know way out in left field yeah i just feel like if they were they were already there with a the shield because of that the one panel where the shield shows up where it's bashing <laughs> uh morbius in the back i yeah. think i think they were almost like it also i don't know how i feel about this because i really don't know how i feel about this but also the fact that when he talks they give him like little um like aztec hieroglyphics i don't know what they're called so maybe I shouldn't be that angry, but <laughs> I think there's still hieroglyphics. Yeah. So he's talking with those and it's like, see, you, you saw those. You even have an eagle head on one of those. That should have been his symbol. Should have been an eagle head. Something. Oh. I don't know. Whatever, man. I'm just so angry about a character that appears in five panels. Like, <laughs> I think it's just another one of those areas where, uh, and this came up when we talked about X-Men noir. Fred Van Lenty, I think, was, like, well-meaning, but uneducated? Yeah, maybe. But this is... I mean, this also comes down to the artist as well. That's and true. I don't know much about Kev Walker. Let's find out about Kev Walker. Um, I'll, I'll say I liked the art and the coloring in this. Like, I, yes. it, I mean, not to say that it was okay, the choices that were made, in you know, in regards to Captain Mexica. Um, <laughs> but... You know, for the for the most part, it's it's all right, and uh, particularly the uh, shading and colors, I thought did did a lot for the tone of it. Um, you know, it wasn't grotesque and brooding like there was. You know, opportunities where bright colors could be used, they were, and I liked that. So, man, that cactus is really awkward, there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh. Oh, he used to be an artist for Magic the Gathering. Oh. That's why I've heard the name. <laughs> I knew I heard that name somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, um, you know, I, I only have problems with that one specific character choice because it's a, it's a character choice that's really close to like who I am. So I take particular interest in that. Apart from that complaint, I have no complaints about the art. Yeah. I, I really like the art. That is the one thing I, I quite enjoyed in here, was yeah. the art. The pan, like, the paneling's good, too. Um, breaks down, the breakdowns. Yeah. yeah. I really like the fight with um with Machine Man and the zombies in, like, the subway. Yeah. That was a good fight, especially because he goes all Inspector Gadgety on them. He's, he has, like, the robot string fingers, the rocket <laughs> fingers <laughs> things going on. He has his hologram projector. I felt a little bad, but like when he kills Lockjaw, because I'm sad anytime the dog dies. 
even though the yeah. dog was yeah. already dead. But like he he gives him a treat by throwing him like a brain, but he sticks a bomb in it. Yeah. Oh gosh, I I hate to say it, but I actually kind of liked that. I yeah, it's I, listen, personal feelings aside, it's it's neat. <laughs> well, you always root for the dog to live. Yeah, and but if the dog's already time, dead, the dog's already oh, dead. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Do you guys also wait until it's like 12.01 and say, well, it's tomorrow now. (laughs) (laughs) Every night, John. Oh, oh, I better go to sleep. I'm going to wake up today. (laughs) All the the puts on his slippers and his nightcap. And go, oh, look at the time. It's tomorrow. (laughs) I better, I better, I better go to sleep if I want to wake up today. Yeah, I was gonna say you put on. I, I was gonna say you put on your cactus slippers, but I think that that would have been touching a raw nerve. So those sound uncomfortable. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh gosh! Yeah. Um. All of that said, like I, I think we've hit on this point already, though. I'm not gonna go out of my way to revisit this story anytime yeah. soon. Yeah, it's. Fine. It, like I, I actually think that the best of the Marvel zombies is probably the best way to put it. That doesn't make it like great. Just it's the best one we've read. Uh-huh. I also want to point out that you said I don't <laughs> that you were all like, you know, they're they're doing this book and it's probably still popular. And I was like, how popular is this? It is fourteen volumes popular. Oh no! And more because there's, there's some in here that are not included in the marvel limited app yeah we are going to be doing marvel zombies forever i mean we uh, or, or we could be dead before that we have to do the next one so there's yeah, there's hope <laughs> <laughs> you know considering everything that's going on that might just be the bright side <laughs> i know i know my bingo card is full it's going to get harder and harder to come up with outlandish things to happen so you know and i've already i mean the, the simpsons can only take you so far to those bingo cards <laughs> no kidding <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh dark humor aside <laughs> do we have anything else to say about marvel zombies 3 I, I i would i would look at the i would uh look at the artists again i would like if i noticed their art in future books i would be willing to you know visit that but yeah this is not a reread but it, it could have been a lot worse so but for what it's worth Kev Walker, actually super prolific magic artist. Oh, well. Like, he's still doing magic art. That seems like that would be a really fun job. I... Competitive. Yes no. It's probably competitive. It's... I, I'm not quite sure how, uh, like, artistically expressive it is. Because I think you... You're, mm. It's work for hire uh, for a an existing IP that has a very clear image of what they want everything to look like well then maybe it's the day maybe it's your day job and then you do your creative stuff at night i think if you are a um freelance artist there is no distinction between day job and like you're just doing what you can to get the money like you're hustling all the time yeah yeah Yeah. every day he's hustling (laughs) i do i do want to say though I am actually real happy that I read this book because I do like Kev Walker's art in the sense that I've seen a lot of screenshots from it, uh, specifically from like the Thunderbolt series, which he worked on for quite a while. I think he was like the main artist for 
a few years. And a lot of the stuff from Secret and Dark Avengers as well. Like he did quite a bit of that. So it was kind of nice to see his book, his act, his art style outside of a few screenshots. So he's he's a good artist. I have no complaints about him. I have a few complaints about, <laughs> about Fred Van Lenty. <laughs> oh, Fred. Oh, Fred, you gotta, Fred, we gotta talk, buddy. Well, this <laughs> this at least isn't a point in the uh, column. It's more in the meh column, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, you know, like like I said, like that that uh, that point aside at the beginning where I was like, as part of the set, I'm not particularly fond of this book, but I think on its own, I like it more than than you would be led to think by my initial opinions. Mm. <laughs> um, it's worth a read. Speaking cool. of mediocre, should we <laughs> move on to Spirits of Vengeance? Well, you know, you if you sell it like that, <laughs> it doesn't really give it much of a chance. So, Spirits of Vengeance. Uh, this is a 2017 series. It looks like it's a tie-in to the Marvel Legacy event. The idea behind Marvel Legacy was basically reviving a bunch of old properties and, and kind of connecting the current Marvel Universe to the past Marvel Universe. But this appears to be kind of its own thing. Story is written by... like The creative team, other than the letterer, I don't know any of these people. So, the writer oh. is Victor Gishler... Uh, the inker is David Baldione. The editor is Christopher Robinson. <gasps> Christopher Robin. Son. Oh, Christopher Robin. <laughs> Son. <laughs> the... <laughs> Penciler is Daniel Mora. That's a name I feel like I should have heard before, and but it's not. I'm not placing it. Uh, colorist Juan Fernandez. Like, uh, oh, and then the letterer is Corey Pettit, who's from Virtual Calligraphy. Yeah. Uh. This is a very sort of bog-standard getting-the-team-together event. Johnny Blaze is at a uh, bar on the side of the road somewhere, and this mysterious man walks in and gives him a piece of silver that looks like a bullet that like got shot into a metal plate or something, so it's all like crushed and condensed. And then the man like explodes in the flame and disappears and dies or something. And so Johnny Blaze has this weird little piece of silver and immediately thereafter he's attacked by a couple of demons. And so he's like, ooh, well, I guess I have to get old Ghost Rider on this. He transforms into Ghost Rider, kills the demons, and then goes off to uh, find out what the deal is with this piece of silver. He got a cryptic clue from the man who said, give it to Hellstrom. So he meets up with Damon Hellstrom, who is the son of Satan. That's, that's kind of like his, his title. Uh, and this is weirdly topical because there is a Hellstrom series on Hulu. So, hey, we tied it in to a current event that isn't just Halloween. Wait, is that like actually like Marvel Hellstrom? Yeah, yeah. Oh, neat. I, I haven't seen it. I have not heard the best things about it. But, um, yeah, you're dealing with a character who I don't know how much there really is to him to begin with. Uh, so... Hellstrom and Johnny Blaze go around to a bunch of Hellstrom's different contacts in the supernatural world. They meet this really gross guy who is blind but is also a seer. He's just like morbidly corpulent, just like fat rolls spilling all over. It, it's dumps not... like a truck, Steven. Just say it. Dumps like a truck. <laughs> He's definitely got thighs. Like what? <sighs> <sighs> Uh, anyway, 
after going through, it, it's kind of like this chain of MacGuffins. Meets a new person, sends him off to the next person. Meets a new person, sends him off to the next person. They decide to recruit more help. They bring in uh, Blade, the vampire hunter. I think you mean Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Uh, I definitely mean Blade, the vampire hunter, not Wesley Snipes. Oh. Huh, he's pronouncing it funny, Aldo. Do you notice that? <laughs> Noticed. It's a weird way to pronounce Wesley Snipes. I thought so, too. They also recruit uh, Damon Hellstrom's sister, Satana, who is the daughter of Satan. Like, they're brother and sister. They're basically, like, the same character, just slightly different personalities. Um, <laughs> so when a, they little, first... a little Zuko and Azula there yeah. a little bit. When, but... when they popped up, uh, I actually read that as Santana. And I was like, oh, man, late 70s so smooth. acid rock guitarist from Mexico? Cool. <laughs> I was going to say, Carlos Santana, like, shoot, back to 1999. Actually, it's Satan A. Uh... As opposed to Satan B. Yeah, as opposed to Satan B. Satan B has a horn, Satan A. It's a lady. Or Santana. See, yeah, now now it's going to be Santana. It's going to bow, 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 bow in my head every time yeah. I see her. I, I am a little disappointed that uh that the man gets a real interesting, like, name. Damien Hellstrom, the son of Satan. Yeah. Satana, the daughter of Satan. It's like, eh. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Hold on to that thought when we talk about what we're reading next time. Um, <laughs> so what they eventually uncover is that this piece of, like, silver, the silver bullet, or whatever it is, is actually one of the pieces of silver that was given to Judas for betraying Jesus into the hands of the Pharisees who eventually, like, they turned him over to the Romans and crucified him. So a big part of, like, you know, Christian mythology and uh kind of the the christian adjacent occult that these pieces of silver are cursed and someone has been gathering the silver to turn into a weapon which he's planning on using to invade a summit between the forces of heaven and hell the forces of heaven and hell meet once every thousand years to have a conference to make sure that the rules of engagement for the, their eternal war are being followed this man plans to invade that summit and assassinate the leader of the forces of heaven and so he's been collecting all of these pieces of silver and helping him is this uh i, I think she's supposed to be this uh like character from egyptian mythology like she's the daughter yeah. of osiris or something like yeah. that what was yeah. what was her name i'm blanking on it Nara, Naza, it's got a's and n's sorry, I and the... i think there's a b no hang on sorry i got the wrong i mean she's a bit of a b but um <laughs> wow some reason did not expect that from steven <laughs> raisin um... or razan i'm probably not raisin, raisin. <laughs> R-A-Z-A-N. Razan. I w- I'm uh, going to say. Sunkissed. Um, I, I, prefer, I prefer Raisin. <laughs> the daughter of Osiris. Side note, there so was a... So there was no a B in it. There was a demon... <laughs> you guys watch Rocco's Modern Life back in the day? Yes. Way back in the day, though. There, 
There are two, yeah, but the, like this one stuck with me because it just struck me so funny. There are two episodes where Hef, uh, the big steer, uh, Rocco's best friend, he is visited by a demon named Peaches. <laughs> He's like, I am from the underworld. I am this demon prince. You may call me Peaches. <laughs> and so Raisin is a good, is another good, you know, <laughs> netherworldly name. Fun. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But um, anyway, so Razan is after them in part because they have the, the silver and in part because they've been in contact with the silver and they're trying to keep this plan secret. Uh, eventually, Hellstrom and Johnny Blaze and Blade and Satana track down the summit. They realize that Ghost Rider is kind of the key to preventing this assassination because he is... Uh, God's loophole. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, he's possessed of the spirit of vengeance, and uh, the spirit of vengeance can counteract the malice, which is like Judas's vengeance that's imbued in these coins. It's a it's a bit contrived, but you know what what can you? Expect? He's also a spirit, but not like a holy spirit from heaven or hell. Right. Yeah. So he's like fits all of these weird little loopholes where he's actually able to make it into the summit stop the assassination, uh, beat up the bad guy, who I haven't mentioned this yet. His name is Necrodomus. Necrodomus. And, what? <laughs> no. It's like ne- it's like necrotic mixed with Nostradamus. It's a weird, it, it doesn't roll off the tongue very well. It's awesome, and it's the best name in comics. Mm. Loved it. I, I think you're forgetting about Millie the Model, but okay. I think you're, I think you're forgetting about Captain Mexica. Yeah, how about Dum Dum Dugan? What about Damon Hellstrom? Fin Fang Foom. Stiff competition. I maintain it's great. <laughs> um, anyway, that's that's really the, the broad strokes of the story. There are some specifics that we missed in there. I completely forgot to mention that the weapon uh, designed to destroy the angels at the summit was actually built by uh, one of the dwarves from Thor. Uh, oh, one of the Nidavalerian... Nidavellian, yeah, named uh, yeah, Ragnar. Oh yeah, Ragnar, like Ragnarok. Yeah. Ah, Dagnabbit. <laughs> no, Ragnar. <laughs> like Ragnarok. Yeah, not Dagnabbit. That no jokes. No, I how? Oh, 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 I'm slow. I'm sorry. Crying out loud. It's not your. It's not your fault. It's mine. So yeah, um, I like I say, I don't know a thing about this writer. Um, I don't really know much about any of these creators. Don't know um, much biology. <laughs> no, we're, oh, we're not, we're not going to say, tonight's not the no. night. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Because, I mean, you teed it up there. And I, okay. I'm looking okay. at, uh, Victor Gishler's Wikipedia page. He's been around for a while. He's written actually quite a few comics. He's been writing comics since like 2009. Oh. Um, just, I've never heard of him before. Uh, I thought the story was fine. Yeah. It has some high points. It doesn't have anything as, as cringe-inducing as Marvel Zombies 3, but I laughed less. I didn't find anything incredibly compelling. It reminds me, more than anything else, it reminds me of something like Season 1 Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where it's like, there's a lot of potential. You can see some good stuff. There's some interest. Like, Giles is a pretty good performer. Um, but it's not good. It's not like 
if, if people were to like be really ecstatic, come up to you and say, Buffy's really good, and you only watch the first season, as I've done, you don't get the hype, right? Yeah. That's kind of the, how I walked away from this. It's like, there's stuff in here that I can see why people would like it, but I'm not sold yet. I, I like this a lot more than Marvel Zombies, but I think that's a given. <laughs> me too, yeah. Yeah, I, I think for me, part of what I... I, well, I don't know. I think for me, the art elevated it. Not to say that it's a better artist, but the difference in art between this book and Marvel Zombies is pretty, pretty big gap. And I really liked the art. It was really expressive. It was really fun. Yeah. It's kind of like the yeah. it's kind of like the art that too. like yeah like when you think of comic books, that's the type of art I think about typically. Yeah. Anytime Ghost Rider like. When it, like went from Johnny Blaze to Ghost Rider, they really had fun with his skull and flames and everything. And his arms, his limbs are yeah. just so long, but, and like to the po- yeah, like they just they just really got really loose with it, and I liked that because I've had like you know Ghost Rider. It's like I, I don't get the the appeal, and now I'm like, hey, I, I would read this Ghost Rider. I would read. Yeah, you know, very would, good. So yeah, I, my favorite panel or panels of Ghost Rider is I think the first time he's fighting Raisin, and. <laughs> she, she throws him off the motorcycle onto like the, like off onto the ground, and it's one like one flat long flat panel of him just like laying there on the side, and the next panel right below it, it's like the same thing but his head popping up, like ooh you wanna get? <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish I could remember what page I was on, but I can't. But uh, but yeah, I really like the art. It was really fun. It was really great. I mean, you get a lot of really good stuff from, like, the angels, kind of long, luscious locks. And then you also have, like, that super big, grotesque dude. So, like, there's just, like, a lot of really great range in the art style. And I think, for me, that just made it a lot more fun and enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I I am a fan of any time Christian or, like, yeah, Catholic or Christian mythology gets used. In the same way they that, did like, their reading, it felt like I mean, I know the Bible pretty well, and they, uh, I think they like really made an effort to like, okay, what's already existing that we can attach our spin on it, and I, I, they did a good job, I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, hitting hitting those biblical notes. Yeah, so like, so like, yeah, anytime and anytime it gets used, I actually really like it because I feel like. Because of who we who we are as a country, it doesn't. It feels a little bit taboo to try to like use that mythos for entertainment for you know this type of entertainment. Unless you're trying to sell Jesus Rock, who boy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So oh. like, so I really like that aspect of it. I, I I you know it wasn't the most complex, complicated thing. You know the right. the thirty pieces of silver. It's like ah, oh, cool. I've seen this before. But like, yeah. yeah. But it's, I don't know, it's feel, it felt novel for it being a Marvel thing. Yeah. Going back to the art for a little bit. Um, yes. Because you talked about the range. Again, uh, David Baldion, or, oh man, I feel, I feel like I should know who these artists are. Anyway, uh, I think a really good example of the range that the artwork has here is the two main female characters. So yeah. you've got... Uh, Satana, who is, um, you know, sort of your very typical, uh, you know, sexy comic book character, 
but she's got so much like actual character in her face. The the I'm reminded of Amanda Connor a little bit. Yeah. In the way that Amanda Connor would draw like some some pretty, you know, pinupy style Power Girl or uh Starfire or, you know, some of these other sort of uh very uh voluptuous characters in in DC comics, but or Harley Quinn. Oh my gosh, how did I forget Harley Quinn? That's the big one that she's been doing for the past couple of years. Um, but never at the expense of their actual personality. And their personality always shines through so well in their face and in their expressions. And Satana gets the same sort of treatment here, and it's really good. And then you you com- you uh, contrast that with uh, Razan, who is, again, a similar level of expressiveness, um, not a sexy character. Every time I saw her, I, w- I was thinking of the Diablo video games. She looks like a character from the Diablo video games. Just very evil looking, very satanic looking. Yeah. Um, and, oh man, I just thought that those two characters really embodied the, the, the skill that this artist has in, in not just character design, but in character acting. Part of the thing for me was that like, like, you know, you were saying she has character. I think one of the things I like quite a bit is, like, the distinction between Satana and Damien. Because they feel similar, but very much their own individual people. Which I think is, when you're writing siblings, it's really easy to, like, lose that aspect of it. And that doesn't happen here. And I, and I, but I appreciate that because, they, you know, Damien is pretty, like... He's a stick of the mud. Let's let's face facts. He's a stick of the mud. And Satana is not. And and I hate to use the word sassy because it feels a little not derogatory, a little condescending. Condescending is yeah. But Satana has sass and I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. And it is it it's a it's a sort of like sibling dynamic that we've seen before. Um but there's nothing inherently wrong with it. There's a reason I keep going back to the Buffy comparison here. Um, it's because I feel like they are setting this team up to do more work, and I don't know if they ever do. Um, like, I don't know if there's a, a Spirits of Vengeance follow-up to this story, but this really is laying the groundwork for a new superhero team, and I do want to see if this team does more, because I thought this was fun. Yeah. Uh, mostly... Honestly, again, kind of forgettable, kind of bland. This is not going to be my first recommendation to anybody, even if they want a horror-themed Marvel comic. Like, I feel like there are other stories that I would recommend before this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. I think w- with more established characters, um, and, yeah, like, some people may not be down with, like, the really strong, like, you know, Chris- Christian mythos in there or whatever, but... Oh, gosh. That stuff, I, I eat that stuff up. It's very Hellboy. No, I thought, I thought it was great. I just was also like, but if there's God then, and angels, then where does Asgard fit? You know, I was like trying to <laughs> piece it together. That, I was like, the dwarf was working for the demons, but he's also Nivedalean like other dwarves that help Asgard. And they're oh, no. Well, John, they <laughs> explained that in Angela, Assassin of Asgard. Oh, oh, Aldo, you know that... <laughs> Every time I go to sleep, I just, you know, 51st dates myself, and I you know, wake up to, uh, like, what? Everything's everything's on fire? Well, okay, going to work. <laughs> but yeah, speaking about the, like, the, the theology of it all, um, the bit that I liked 
best from a plot standpoint is the excuse that the angel gives for why there's a loophole yeah. in the song. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I <laughs> don't think this is necessarily going to land for everybody, but I really liked it. It's so cheesy. So the angel, it is cheesy. It is cheesy. But the angel is like, the reason that there is a loophole here where, you know, angels and demons can't get into the summit, but man can, is ultimately that we want man to be able to make their own decisions uh the angel says i actually took a screen grab of this because i wanted to make sure that i referenced it um that's the thing your father speaking of whoever they're calling satan at this point that there's one thing your father never understood about the war between heaven and hell mr hellstrong heaven was never trying to win the entire point according to this angel of the war between heaven and hell is the is that heaven is trying to keep hell at bay long enough to give humans the fighting chance to win their own wars. Yeah. And again, bit cliche, bit, uh, I don't know. I can see why it would rub people the wrong way, but it fits so well with my own personal theology that I just thought, oh, that's neat. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Now, Aldo's point is going to be like, power was in you all along. It's like, but you have spears and wings. Help me. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, not honestly. No, I think it's just a little cliche. It's a little cheesy. It's reminds me a little bit of um, dogma. Like this whole thing actually reminds me of quite a bit of dogma. dogma. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that's fine. Because yeah. dogma's probably the best thing kevin kevin smith will ever make but yeah i mean uh, i mean the, the, uh, we're not talking about the clerks cartoon right we're we're keep, that's in its own category on no, the top shelf i haven't seen oh. it so i don't count it the second episode they do a flashback like bottle episode where they're stuck in a freezer and they have nothing to flash back to except for the first episode so they do that and it's ridiculous <laughs> Oh, uh, well, hey, yeah. Um, I I get the cheesy shirt. You know, there's a dude who rides a motorcycle and his head's on fire and it's a skull, right? Yeah, that's that's why I don't want to complain <laughs> about it too much. But the yeah, whole like you can't have your cake and eat it. Too. The power is inside you, and really, it's not about this. It's about free will, and it's like, yeah, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> I mean. It's not really about free will as much as it is about Ghost Rider jumping in front of a missile made out of Dang, silver right. that Judas died <laughs> to get. Like, oh, yeah. It, and he doesn't die because he's the arbiter of vengeance. And and yeah. the crime against humanity is a lot stronger than Judas's vengeance against Christ. Which, oh, that bit was neat. Oh, it was a little... Yeah, it was <laughs> someone trying to... It'd be like someone trying to kill me with a bullet made of Doritos. Can't do that. <laughs> Can't touch this. Oh, that'd be the tastiest missile. <laughs> you just crush them and then they just pack them in. They just Yeah, it's like, mm, You merely you <laughs> You merely adopted the Dorito. <laughs> oh gosh. I was born into it, molded by it. You tried to break my heart, but all you did was increase this cavity. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh dear, oh dear. 
Yeah, um, I was pleasantly surprised because I was like, I don't know any of these characters. I will say Blade didn't get really much to do except like... Oh yeah, Blade shouldn't have been in this. Yeah, or else like, you know, maybe he should have provided an essential clue or like, oh, we gotta go visit some vampires. Yeah, he was just kind of hanging around. He was just kind of there. Now, granted, if you have someone who's just going to be hanging around, make it Wesley Snipes with two two big, uh, you know, uh, swords, so... No complaints, but like, give him something to do next time. I say, yes, seriously. Uh, what was the other? What was something else I liked about this? I can't, uh, I guess I must not have liked it that much. Uh, <laughs> uh Raisin, Raisin, uh, I liked Raisin. Uh, I thought she was a cool design, and it, it was like, yeah, like you said, like we have Satan A, who's the typical, like, my goodness, that slit is uh, huge in that costume, to uh, Raisin, where it's like, is that a lady? She looks like she's made of hate. So. <laughs> uh, I just remember two talking points about Marvel zombies, but you know what? That's fine. <laughs> Oof, we have we have moved on. I know. Um, speaking of moving on, I don't actually know that I have much more to say about this book. Well, let's rank them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can I say two things about Marvel zombies before we rank them? Sure. Might as well. Uh... We're going to start with Marvel Zombies anyway, so, like, while I'm bringing up the list, this is maybe a good opportunity to start seeding where you want to yeah. put it. Uh, so, talking about female character designs, I kind of hated that the, that the, what was it, that Captain America cyborg dude at the beginning of Marvel Zombies, and he has that really creepy, very um, assaulty line where he's like, I was real excited you were going to be on the team because when I saw your file oh, photos... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, God. Siege, I think, was the character's Siege, name. Siege, yeah. I read that and then immediately was like, nope. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. happy he died. Oh, oh seriously. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I was going to say is... Because I, I wanted to bring up the covers of Spirits of Vengeance, which they're nice. They're not, they're they're nice. not bad. But I also remember this because John posted the posters because... This is this is two points in one. Uh one, all all of the all of the covers for Marvel Zombies are homages or blatant ripoffs of classic <laughs> zombie uh horror movie posters. But they're also all illustrated by uh by Greg Land, who's kinda notorious for that. So I mean if you if you're gonna me... get somebody who's gonna do that, you might as well get the best guy at doing that, but maybe that's not the best thing to be the best at. <laughs> but the posters are I don't know, are like yeah. if it's if it's not like if it's more if it's like hey we're doing this thing you know this was it was meant to be obvious and so you know if you're going to do this homage rip off yeah do it do it the best you can um I'm embarrassed that uh I've seen Shaun of the Dead and not the other ones and it took me the longest to be like now why is that familiar what's going on with that last cover it took me a long time to figure out i was like oh i'm an idiot it's Shaun of the dead yeah so. i'm not gonna lie i thought the evil dead one the one with that's jacosta coming out of the ground with the zombie head. yeah yeah i thought that was a heavy metal poster for some reason well i mean there, there's a big like the middle of the venn diagram is pretty big between heavy metal and uh you know zombie gothic horror spooky like you know yeah i guess it also doesn't help that there's a metal person <laughs> yes also that <laughs> but yeah so you know good uh good good, good posters i just wanted to bring that up 
That... I can't remember. Right. I'm looking at our list. Yeah. So on our list currently we have 118 stories. The top 10 is being gatekept currently by the Spider Island event. Whereas the bottom 10, uh, in order to, to make it into the bottom 10, you have to be worse than that time that She-Hulk teamed up with Santa Claus, who was kind of a creep. <laughs> that book was number 35 at one point in time. Probably around the time that we had 37 books. <laughs> I wanted to like it, too. I remember that. I forget what happened in X-Men Noir. Uh, X-Men Noir was really kind of uh, racist, and it was all about Magneto as a cop, and he beat people up, and X-Men Noir was not good. It was uncomfortable, Marvel to Zombies say 3 the least. Is, yeah. Marvel Zombies 3 is better than X-Men Noir. But I'm actually... Oh gosh, that, that bit with Siege being kind of rapey at the beginning... That that's cooled my enthusiasm for the story quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I did my job. Well done, Aldo. <laughs> yeah, I'd put it. I'd put it. Is the world's greatest detective that She-Hulk story? Is that is that the uh, um, Santa Claus one? Yep. I would put this just above that, but under Happily Ever After, which is Luke Cage and Jessica Jones finally getting married, and it's a one one issue. Just huh? here's. Here's the Avengers, ta-da! Not much to it, but um, I would prefer to reread that. I'd go a little higher if it were me. Um, I it is you, it... that's how this podcast works. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I'm looking at 106. I want to put it between the Ghost Rider origin story and the Killed Matsuo story. I still am mad about that Ghost Rider origin. Like, I... What can we do? What can we do? You know what? I'm going to call Satan. I just, I can't get over that jump of logic of like, anyway. Aldo, what do you think? Uh, He's not happy about Captain Mexico. Mexico. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, I would still put this above the Marvel Zombies 1 and 2. Uh... Probably above X-Men Noir. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd agree with Steven. Like, below Kill Matsuo. Oh, I was going to put it above Kill Matsuo. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's fine. I I, okay. I, I don't know. I, I keep flip-flopping between liking this story and not. Like, I don't know. I think, like I said, I think it's part of the set. I don't think it's very good because it's not... Totally consistent with the first two books, but I think on its own, it's pretty fun. But then, like, I I personally have a beef with Captain Mexico and also that siege <laughs> thing. Uh, is this kind of like, is this like eating at Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Is this like, boy, this chicken sandwich is delicious and problematic. <laughs> exactly. Is that where we're at? Yes. Uh, but, but then, you know, I remember uh, Morbius staking himself, so... That's pretty neat. Yeah. But then I, but then I remember oh, like Machine Man being like a real horn dog. So that's see it keeps happening. Keep flip-flopping. Yeah, um yeah. Here's the thing. I think that means that we're in kind of the right part of the list though because yeah. not that far above there is where Civil War and Marvel 1602 are and those are kind of the same experience in a weird way. Uh, right? yeah. Captain America and 1602. Oh. Uh, Captain America and 1602 is so bad. That's why it's as low as it is, yeah. Yeah. Rojas. Rojas. Yeah. Uh yeah, you know by that by that 
by that logic, I'm okay with putting it above Kilmatsu. But not above Frankenstein's Monster vs. Dracula, Ugh, which I remember as being okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest sin of Frankenstein's Monster vs. Dracula is that it was just kind of boring. Yeah. 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 Cool. So number okay, 106. So this will go at 106 between Ghost Rider and Kilmatsuo. Neato. Now, if you'd asked me yesterday, <laughs> I think I would have told you that Marvel Zombies 3 would have gone higher than Spirits of Vengeance, but I want to put Spirits of Vengeance higher than this. Higher than where we just put Marvel Zombies 3? Yes. Oh yeah, me too. No, I think it works. Yeah. I think that, yeah, there could have been a bit more nuance to it, but it was an interesting take on some, you know, lore that people know. Um, and, you know, we get to see some characters work together that we may not have seen together before and some great art. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, it's... Yeah, the art is... Gosh, this the more we talk about the art, the more I realize I actually kind of loved it. Yes, I really, oh. really like the art. Um, I do want to say, I, ha I think I, f I feel like I have a pretty solid ceiling at, like, 80. Interesting. 80's kind of a random pick. A little bit. Yeah, 80 was the Jubilee's Revenge story that we read a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I kind of like this better than that. Yeah, I'm going up. Go, I mean, um, keep going. Convince me. Well. Or, I mean, you know, alternatively, if it's the you, the two of you, Democracy wins finally this year. <laughs> 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 this podcast is the only thing that has, still has me believing in democracy. <laughs> well... Yeah, because we don't have, you know, we're not, our pockets aren't being lined by people. And I mean, Chuck Sprightly uh, doesn't send you more money than he does me. <laughs> no. Good, because no, I'm not getting uh, any money. <laughs> no, he's, he's, about, he's about pay equity. Zero for everyone. <laughs> I would put this above um, Election Day with Ms. Marvel, the NBC Wintertime Winter Friends Winter Fun Special, even though it's Hawkeye, I would put it above Mary Jane Homecoming because you guys are high on drugs and think that that one is flawless. <laughs> I, I, not. I picked 80 because like, I wanted to say Mary Jane was the ceiling, but then I really didn't want to set something off. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's been a lot of that. Hey, hey, I'm sorry about uh, crapping on recipe blogs earlier, but man, they get me angry, apparently. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, they still put it up there. They're still offering their services. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I'm going to bury this gem at the bottom of a pond full of molasses, and you are going to get your shoes stuck wedging in and just, you know, searching around for it. And it's going to be a big pain. And I lost the I lost the metaphor some way a ways back. I feel like you lost the um, lead. You might have buried it. Meh. Huh? Eh. Um. No. Oh. I would say maybe somewhere around. I forget what good old days and She Hulk is. Is that where they uh, the trial of uh, uh, Captain That's America? That's the trial of of Captain America where She Hulk is representing and Daredevil is prosecuting. Captain America. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I would put this right after Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, um, because Ooh. I'm more intrigued by the by these characters than uh, Black Bolt. Um, Black which, Agar it was Bolt a decent again. Black Bolt story. Black Agar Bolt again. <laughs> Bolt yeah, again. that's significantly higher than I was gonna put it. Gosh, and that Black Bolt story really speaks to me. I don't, I, I don't want to put this above Black Bolt. And then um, there's Secret. I guess you know Secret Wars is there. That's the original <laughs> Secret Wars. That's the original Secret Wars. 
Uh, I would want to put this probably around um, either right above Avengers vs. X-Men or right above House of M. I mean, honestly, I think it depends on whether I think Nova is better or not. So I'm looking at around 68. If, if, if Nova is better than this, then it goes between Nova and House of M. But if this is better than Nova, I don't think it gets any higher than What the Duck, which I really like. <laughs> I don't, but democracy doesn't always work. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't put this above Avengers vs. X-Men. Um, and I feel weird putting it above Nova, but... Yeah, so I guess I could put it right after Nova. Put it at 69. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. That's actually kind of where I want to put it. <laughs> okay. Nice. 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 All right. Entering nice. the list at the sex number. Nice. It's... Nice. Nice. It's whatever this is. Nice. War at the Gates of Hell. Is that what it's called? Spirits of Vengeance. War at the Gates of Hell. Yeah. I did my research. <laughs> I don't know why I slurred that. But I did. <laughs> Me neither. Made it more fun. Uh, what are we reading next time, Stephen? Something, something goofy. Gosh, so goofy. Um, before we get to the goofy, I gotta say I'm actually really excited for for our next episode because we're gonna read one of my favorite X Men stories. Uh, we're finally diving into the Grant Morrison run, at least a little bit. We're starting with I don't think it gets better than uh, Riot at Xavier's, which is the Grant Morrison, uh, Frank Quitely. Four-part series uh, starts a new X-Men, number 135, uh, and it goes for 135, 136, 137, 138. I don't know why I keep needing to count out every issue, but here we are. Is it because 4 no, plus don't... 135 doesn't equal 138? Exactly, yes. Math is hard. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's only four issues. We don't normally just read four issues. We wanted to supplement it with a second story. We were struggling to come up with one that we would all agree on. And I don't think we did, but we're going to read it anyway. <laughs> Aldo was flipping through the app and just stumbled across a four-issue miniseries from 2010 called Galacta, Daughter of Galactus. You know, I'm simultaneously proud and disappointed in myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing more disappointment will follow than pride. Yeah. I'm just happy that we couldn't agree on one that we liked, so we picked one nobody, everybody knew we would not like. Uh, but you know, I mean, it might be good for the show. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, we need we need more fodder at the bottom of the list. So yeah, I mean, considering that we put like uh, Marvel Zombies four, which we were real flip floppy on, like at like was it like a uh, hundred something? And that's a book that we fairly enjoyed. Yeah, I think we need some more, some more crap. Yeah. That at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm gonna say it like well, that. Some more crap. Foundation of garbage. Gosh, have you read this? Like, I'm just looking at the description of the story in the app. It's no, like, that's why we're reading it. <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. <laughs> Galley is the daughter of the famous world-eating behemoth, but she'd rather spend her time on social networking than on planet munching. No. <laughs> we found we found a new bottom. I'm oh, sorry, did you say her name is Gally? That's like her nickname. That's what, that's, yeah, that's what this says. It says Gally. This is going to break me. Yeah, especially because it has a, <laughs> what's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Manga-inspired art style. <gasps> no, this was a conspiracy you guys are ganging uh, up no, on. No, I went in. Storyline. 
I, John, I just I want you to know, I had only read the title of this before Stephen was like, "That's the one we're doing." Yeah, if it makes you feel any better, each issue is like ten pages long. No, it does. It doesn't make me feel better because this means that fate is against me, and it wasn't you guys conspiring <laughs> that together. Yeah, the, your suffering will be brief. This was a super blind, uh, buy-in. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess I'm going yeah, by poker terms. We're going in. We're going in totally blind. We have no idea. We none of us has heard of this book. I don't think any of us had even good, thought of this concept before today. I am actually pretty sure that I've seen this picture, like these covers before. I, I mean, I might have, but I might have also just blocked that out. <laughs> but no, but no preconceived notions about what the daughter of Galactus should be. I'm guessing it will be the opposite of whatever we read. But still, we don't have we don't come in with anything already, so <sighs> it's gonna be an experience. It is, and I'm excited because you know what this is. This is a story about uh, a teenage girl whose cranky dad has to learn to see life and all of its many intricacies in order to be a better father to his daughter. Right? This is this is the the Stephen version of the Galactus story. That's that's what this is gonna be, right? <laughs> 